Hey, let's talk about meetings. Yay, everybody loves meetings, right? No, we are having more meetings than we have ever had thanks to how we're responding to COVID and people working at home and people are getting Zoomed out for Zooming in. And I kind of talked about this last year as far as we're going to change the dynamic of our work communities because of it. And now managers have more time because they're not commuting either to schedule more meetings. But you know what? Meetings have a huge purpose if you do them right. And that's what we're going to get into today of how you can have productive meetings, get rid of the garbage you don't need, and get your team to move forward. All coming up right now. It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back, everybody, from across America and around the world to the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I really appreciate you being here with me again. And we are going to get into the discussion of meetings. And honestly, I can't believe I haven't really brought this up before as long as I have been doing podcasts. But, you know, everybody kind of cringes at meetings, but at the same time, they can be so valuable if they're done right. And, you know, the famous quote from Mark Twain is people who love meetings shouldn't be in charge of anything. Sometimes you feel that way, don't you? That uh, what a waste of time. It could have been an email. All those things start to creep in. And we're, we're going to dive into productive meetings, some meeting pitfalls, what are getting in the way and how we can really move the team forward and make something special happen by doing them for sure. But I think we all understand how meetings do affect people. And certainly there's been enough studies on it for for sure. Um, and from the Harvard Business Review, you know, this is not going back that far. They surveyed 182 senior managers in a range of industries and 65% said meetings kept them from completing their own work. And isn't that so true? You're in that meeting and you have this constant pulling at you. I've got to get back to my desk or my wherever you work. Doesn't matter what you do, but you're in that meeting thinking, man, I got to go. It, it, because especially if, if if the information is totally worthless or doesn't really help propel you forward, man, it just really tears at you. And 71% said meetings are unproductive and inefficient just altogether. 71%. Maybe there should be, I don't even want to say just a college course because not everybody goes to college, but, and I know they're out there online and, and I would definitely encourage you to seek productive meeting type training to eliminate that, but 71% of people are saying it's inefficient. 64% said meetings come at the expense of deep thinking. So you think about whether you're trying to create a new project or a product or trying to solve a problem, you can't do that because you're, the, the meeting is usually something in the work inertia of getting everything done. And finally, 62% said meetings miss opportunities to bring the team closer together. I mean, think about that. You're all sitting in a room. How much do you really know about each other or understand how everybody thinks? You know, there's some companies and it's usually smaller offices that just have, you know, 10, 15 people. But, you know, they'll, they'll all do an Enneagram test and they'll have their Enneagram numbers right on their desk as an exercise of, oh, I understand how so-and-so thinks and why they think that way. 
And we often don't do that or come up with anything to help us understand those kinds of things. So it's pretty clear, and there's a lot of data that shows, hey, meetings just aren't working. But a lot of times, some people look at meetings as the goof off time or remember back in, in high school or even middle school, you walked in the classroom and you saw the projector in the back of the room and you knew, oh, free day. We're going to watch some kind of film, some kind of movie. And we're not really good. That's kind of how we look at meetings. We're not doing the actual work. We're going into a meeting and a lot of people look at it, especially nowadays with Zoom, you just turn your camera off most of the time and do a ton of other stuff. And it's not productive at all. And by the way, never start a meeting with, you aren't going to learn anything new today. Every meeting should have a reason. Even if you already know the subject, how does it tie in to what's in your strategy? How does it tie into what your team is trying to really do? And if you don't address that, and you, I, this was verbalized to me in a meeting <laughs> just the other day. I went to a meeting, that's what they said. And I said, well, I should just go ahead and go. No, 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 we need you here. And the funny thing is, is they actually told me why they felt like I should be there, even though I knew it. And it's like, that's what you should say. Hey, the purpose of this is this. Here's why it's worth your time. If we can start doing that, wouldn't you feel like your team would have better buy-in? And one thing you got to be cautioned about is having a meeting about a meeting. When you think about if you're leading a team and you've got to get the group together to talk about something, a lot of times we act like we have to justify why we're doing that. So we run around and we start having a meeting about a meeting. Say, hey, we're going to meet this Thursday, but here's why. And you're almost going to have the meeting before the meeting. Instead of just keeping it short and saying, here's why it's important. And we're going to pull the car over and have a chat. And it has a reason, it has a purpose. And if we don't do that, we're really missing a lot of opportunities with that. And just like the meeting before the meeting, when your meetings aren't clear, aren't productive, aren't communicated well, that you don't know what to do after the meeting, then you have a meeting after the meeting. And not with you, not with the meeting leader, but with everybody else. Just talking about what do they mean by that? Or how does this even tie into what we're doing? And you have all of those feelings. And now you have a meeting after the meeting. And, and this is really the typical setup when we're either having meetings for the sake of having meetings or we're not really explaining why we're having meetings, we just, you know, we have that meeting before the meeting, then we have the meeting, and then there's the meeting after the meeting because we really weren't clear on what we wanted to do. So jumping to another study from Inc. Magazine just in 2019. So yeah, I get this is pre-COVID, but this still probably resonates of how people feel about it. So 44% of people felt like poorly organized meetings mean I don't have enough time to do the rest of my job. We talked about that in the last one. Unclear actions lead to confusion. That's what 43% people say. And that's the meeting after the meeting, looking for clarification, looking for understanding. 38% said bad organization results in a loss of focus on projects. 31% said irrelevant attendees slow progress. You know, a lot of times we have these meetings, we want to include everybody, but if they're not really part of the meeting. And then all of a sudden there's this barrage of questions from those folks. Does it really like slow down where we're trying to go? Or could the gathering of the meeting just been with some principal players and the rest of it could have just been given out to other folks just as an informational piece? And 26% said inefficient processes weaken client supplier relationships. So when you think about meetings and what you're trying to actually accomplish, does it stop you from serving your customer? Or if you have clients, whether you have customers that walk into a retail building or whether you have clients you talk to on the phone and you service directly business to business, how does that interrupt all? So a couple of key things that you can start doing 
to make your meetings a lot more effective. Just a couple of things. Start meetings with gratitude. Everyone has something that they can share that's good. Start with some good things, things, behavior. Now, remember, if you go back to what I always talk about, that strategies are about daily behaviors and decisions, which are based from your mission statement, based from your vision. So you get down to that daily behavior of what moves the ball forward. And you're constantly seeing that. And are you rewarding that? Are you talking about that? So that gets repeated. Or as leaders, where do we always go? The, the negative stuff. That's where we tend to live at. And we waste a lot of time, even though you think I got to hold people accountable. I'm telling you, when you focus on the good, you're going to get way more of that. And you should start every meeting. It doesn't matter what group you're with. And it doesn't have to be every, if you got a meeting with 50 people, obviously you're not going to go around and say, what, what does everybody like about everybody? You can go 50 different ways, but there's got to be some things, even on a team level, or maybe just two or three people that, hey, here's what we noticed. And start with your meetings with gratitude. When you're scheduling a meeting, you've really got to decide. I know this is a cliche statement, but what could really be an email? What could be an email? What is just informational that maybe you're kind of shortchanging your folks a little bit that you think, well, if I don't get them in a room, they're not going to understand. They're not going to get it. And they probably actually will. Another question you can ask is, should it be a huddle? And a huddle is way different than a meeting. Like we're not going into a conference room, sitting down, with a bunch of chairs and some coffee. And, and you know how those meetings start. Everybody it files in and talks to somebody they haven't seen in a while. And there's this whole wasted time of just getting to know each other, all that stuff. But a huddle is just you, gra you grab five, six people, maybe even up to 10, and you just stand in a circle for just a few minutes and say, hey, today, these things, one, two, and three are super important. Let's get on them. Answer any questions, any roadblocks, whatever that is, and move on. That's a huddle. Could that meeting be a huddle rather than a sit-down meeting or, or what I call shotgun accountability, meaning one person did something wrong, but yet it's emailed out to everybody. Or we got to have a meeting so nobody else does it. So why don't you just address the person that did it and then go and then move on? Because 98, 99% of the people are looking back at you like, I didn't do that. So think about what could be a huddle, a group, and beware of the pitfalls of I said it, therefore everybody knows it just because you said it. If you've done any amount of studying and marketing, you know you have to repeat things ad nauseum. I mean, is there anybody on the planet? Well, maybe some. But comparative to the 7 billion people on the planet, is there are there people who do not know what Coca-Cola is? Why do they keep advertising? We know what they are. You either like it or you don't. You either drink it or you don't. But why do they keep advertising? Everybody knows who they are. You gotta keep repeating things to stay in front of folks. So you can't just say it and then say, oh, everybody knows it, that's it. Or or the great Ken Blanchard would always say the leave alone zap where you said something and then three, four weeks later, you haven't said anything in between. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we talked about this before. And then you zap them, you hold them accountable, you get on them. And it's like, but you said it once and it never came up. So how important could it be? So don't fall into the trap of you said it, therefore everyone knows. And as the meeting giver, if you're just leading your team as the leader or you're having a meeting, understand that everyone contributes differently. And this is a principle throughout leadership of your entire staff or whoever reports to you that you can't put everybody in the same box. So don't expect the same response out of everybody or the same participation of how people contribute or how they answer things. Now, another thing is when you're drafting your meeting notes, if you will, or your agenda, whatever you want to call it, anything over an hour, you're having a conference. You're having a long conference. And that's a whole mindset shift for your audience. 
of if you're doing something purposeful to change one thing or whether it's your weekly staff meeting and it's more than an hour, something's not right. Your team day in and day out should be operating at a level to where that's really not necessary unless you're flat out going to tell them. Uh, like for example, I do with my team every January, about the third week of January, because this is when I get all the data. I do this big review of the previous year just so they understand what they actually accomplished. But I tell them that up front, how long it's going to be, what we're going to learn, not all the figures and the facts, but just the topics. And so they can understand what they did, but I settle them in for that kind of meeting so they understand what we're doing. So if it's more than an hour, you're having a conference. And there's all kinds of studies that'll show you if you are taking more than an hour, you start people start tuning out, doing other things. And again, in this day of Zoom meetings, people do a lot of other things instead of paying attention. Now, one of the things to get a lot of buy-in from your meetings is if the people attending your meeting, they don't have to bring anything. And I'm talking about like knowledge, stats, results. You're really having an infomercial. And there's this distinct difference of are we trying to change something? Are we trying to be more productive? Are we trying to achieve a goal versus, hey, I just need to know some stuff. So when you think about this, when you think about you're having a meeting, you know, maybe maybe in October, maybe your healthcare plan is changing for the following year. That's informational, right? Well, they know it. And you're going to go over that and, and give them the particulars and all that. But if you're having a meeting with your team about what they actually do day in and day out, and they don't have to bring anything, no, no knowledge, no stats. They don't have to be ready to answer a question. That's not a meeting that you're moving your team forward. That's an information meeting. That's an infomercial. If you're having meetings on multiple different topics, not, and I'm talking about they're completely different, those are meetings within meetings. So make sure you have a distinct break between topics that we understand we're shifting gears and we, we have finished 100% before the next one. So I gave you a bunch of stats a little bit earlier. And again, those two from the Harvard Business Review and Inc. Magazine were pre-COVID. This one from Fellow is actually this past year. And I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. So don't worry about trying to find them, but they're actually very interesting and probably will solidify what you're already thinking anyway. But the folks at Fellow did some studying and found some key statistics, key findings to meetings. And a lot of these are really a lot more in tune with what's going on today. So these are kind of like things that bother people about meetings. So number one, status updates are people's number one meeting pet peeve, followed by digressions and lack of preparation that they don't really want to, to just hear, oh, well, we're already working on this. Here's where we're at. Like we, we stop everything to bring people in a room to tell them that where you could easily have a very short conversation as you are walking through their area. The second thing is the source of truth. So 51% of people are still recording meeting notes individually instead of using a collaborative document. As a result, most teams lack one source of truth for decisions, action items, and outcomes. So think about if you're in a room of 20 people and 20 people are taking notes, or even if you follow this, 51%, so 11 people taking notes, they're all gonna take them differently. When you really have a true scribe of the meeting that everybody gets the same out of it. And here's one thing you should do with that. So if you're having a meeting and you assign a scribe, and say, hey, you're gonna be the note taker. Before the notes go out, those should go back to the person having the meeting to review, make sure, hey, we didn't forget anything, or this is exactly what I meant when I said it. So when you do send those notes out, 
you get the right information. And here's another huge piece of that. If you have a scribe that's taking notes, that means nobody's got their head down with their pen down. They're all looking at you. You can engage them better. And you think about when you're giving a meeting and walking around a room and looking people right in the eye and saying things and you're connecting and you're having a conversation back and forth. It's a lot more powerful because while they're busy writing, they can't think about what they want to say or ask questions. So have the one scribe send it back to the meeting organizer, whoever gave the meeting, and say, hey, yeah, this is exactly what makes us then send it out. Another thing is optimal meeting times. So the optimal time to schedule a meeting is mid-morning between 10 and noon. This is true for everyone, regardless of role, industry, or location. This makes thousand percent sense when you think about what time after lunch you know everybody who has meetings and of course you know i know sometimes you go to an all-day seminar and what's the first thing they say i know everybody's had lunch is you know try and stick with me and all that but you think about what you really want to focus on and that is a great time where they've, they've been into their work already for an hour or two maybe a little longer so you're not really disrupting what they're doing that morning and things like that but you're going to get the best um, results out of them participating and, and honestly, you giving the meeting. And number four, an asynchronous communication. And it says one third of response have never heard about asynchronous meetings, even though they are a central component of effective remote work. And basically what it is, is having the meeting doesn't require you to respond immediately or take action that day or maybe even that week. So you think about a training video you can watch, that you can watch it when you want. So that's what this meeting is about. When you can say to a multitude of teams, you have to know this information, but you don't have to know it at 10 a.m. on a Monday, but you do have to know it by 8 a.m. on Thursday and watch it when you can. And how much does that detract from the thought of when on earth am I going to watch this stuff or have this meeting or slide other things around to go to this meeting? So think about, especially in this Zoom world, of when you can re have other people watch this meeting and not really disrupt their day. Number five, the cost of meetings. I mean, everybody knows about this stuff, but comparing costs of meetings, 43000 to 56000 per manager every year as a norm across the country you're going to invest 100%. You're going to have meetings. That means you're investing time and payroll and thought processes. You are. And if you don't use that wisely, it's not, it's not, you're not going to get a return on your investment. And then number six, action items. People who use a meeting productivity tool like Fellow, so this website does have a, a productivity tool, to actually follow up on what was actually done and then who needs to do what? Remember I talked about the meeting after the meeting. Well, there's no clarity there. We don't know what we're doing, where we're going, why we're going there. We just had a meeting and that's that. But now I need some clarity. Now I need some direction. Well, again, that's something that your scribe should be notating. And that's something you're, the person giving the meeting, if that's you, that's you telling that scribe, hey, this is an action item. We're highlighting this, we're putting it in bold, or whatever you want to call it. So a couple of questions of what, what should meetings kind of resolve? And I'm talking about how people feel about meetings and about going to them. So do you feel part of a community you're never in? Meaning, you're, you, you know you belong to a group, but you're never involved in anything high level. So are you really in it or not? If nobody's asking for your feedback, nobody's asking for your opinion, nobody is challenging you 
like I said earlier, to bring things to the meeting, knowledge, stats, results. And you don't have any, you don't have to do any of that. You, all you can do is show up, listen, got it, see you later. Do you really feel a part of that community if that's what's going on? I, I would challenge and say, yeah, you probably don't because you have no input. You have no skin in the game. And people just will naturally, as human beings, will feel that way. And you have to figure out what you want your team to do more, to be more, and then let them. You have to be very clear that whatever this meeting is about does those things. What do you want them to do? And leaders, don't tell me you're not sure because I promise you in the moments of frustration, you know exactly what you want your team to do or wish they would start doing. That's got to be a huge part of your meeting. So what are the frequencies of your meeting? You have one every week, once a month? Schedule supposed to have them once a month, but then that turns into maybe every quarter or they're all over the place. One week it's Thursday at two and then it's Wednesday at one and Friday at 9 a.m. What's the frequency? What's 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 the norm that they can expect? Because if you're going to do meetings right and expect participation and, and expect people to bring information with them, they got to know it's coming all the time, like the same day, same time. So they know what they need to be prepared for. Like I said earlier, does every meeting support the strategy, the daily behaviors and decisions? And I mean that. Does every meeting support that? You will find if you look for that of what daily behaviors and decisions you want your team making that every meeting fits in somewhere. Somehow, some way, you have to connect those dots so they understand this meeting helps. It, it changes things. It makes things happen. It clarifies, gives some understanding. You have to connect those dots. So think about like having a static five things that are always on your meeting agenda. So this is a meeting that you're frequently having with your team, talking about productivity, talking about whatever it is your team does on a regular basis. It has to revolve between three to five static things every week without fail to continue to be productive, move the ball forward. You cannot have a different type because you can't have a flavor of the month. And when you're constantly talking about different things every month and you don't have a static five things that tie into your strategy that, that make you move your team forward, you will have flavors of the month. And everybody will say, okay, this sounds great, but you know what? Next month there'll be another initiative and we don't really have to put a lot of energy into this. So I want you to think about your team and what they do kind of like as a boat. And that boat is called execution because that's, that's what we all want, right? We want results. We want things done. So think of a boat called execution and you got to go in a certain direction, right? It's not whether it's in a boat or flying, which I enjoy doing. A lot of times you can't go straight from point A to point B. You have things bothered. You have winds, you have waves, all that kind of stuff. So you think about a boat called execution and the data points, the results, things they're doing, those are the buoys. You know, if you've ever been in a boat near the intercoastal, near the coast, and you have to follow where those buoys are to get in. You know, if you're on the open sea and you're just, you can go anywhere, but you're not getting anything specifically done. Same thing in an airplane. There's, there's actually an interstate in the sky. When you fly on instruments, there are specific, they're called waypoints you go to and then go to the next one, go to the next one. You don't just haphazardly fly north. So those are buoys. Those are what keep you going in the direction you actually want to go in. And it's not always going to be perfect, but that's what you have to really think about your team. And these meetings are going to quantify all of that information and continue to help you put those boats or airplanes, whatever you want to call your team, 
the execution of what they're doing in the right direction. So leaders, if I asked you, do you care about productivity? I know what you're going to say. Of course I care about productivity. Duh. But you have to make your meetings matter in order to get that. You can't just have meetings for the sake of listening to yourself talk or, well, we're supposed to discuss this. And so we're just going to say it. But you got to have specific structures and specific reasons And you have to involve your team and they have to bring some things with them to have some skin in the game. So when you think about just like leadership, we talked about you have to focus on three areas, right? So you have to develop a team as a team. You have to develop each individual. And that has to be based on where they're at, what they're doing for you. Everybody can't have the same plan. And then, by the way, don't forget about you, right? We've talked about that. I talked about that several podcasts of those three areas. Well, guess what? That's exactly what your meeting should look like. So when you think about one-on-one meetings with an individual, getting them what they need. In a one-on-one meeting, you have to answer the question, do they matter? And the answer is to them, not you. You're the leader. They got to understand they matter and you have to show them that in the one-on-one and how they can matter and what they can do better. When you're talking about a team meeting, that's why you got to have meetings on a regular basis with, with five static items and everything ties into that. And we are moving the ball in a specific direction, driving that boat through those buoys. And lastly, how do you as the leader, as the meeting giver, constantly improve how you're doing those things? Are you seeking feedback? Are you seeking understanding? Do your team, does it resonate with them? Just like when you talk about giving the type of leadership you need to give and you're asking them whether you're going to micromanage them or not, do they need that? It's the same thing with meetings. Hey, when I'm talking and giving this stuff out, are you guys getting it? Is it clear? Get some feedback. So the three keys to having great meetings. Number one, if it's an info learning meeting, meaning you just have to give them information, just say so before the meeting. No other topics at all. And is there things you can give the audience to read ahead, if you will, whoever is in the meetings or documents you can give them and let them know, hey, this is an information meeting. So they have the right mindset. And is it urgent or important? Again, in a good old cubby term, but like like we're talking about changing healthcare plans, right? Well, you do that every October for the for the next year. Well, that's an important piece of information if they don't have it. So you have to spell that out, that it's important, but you got a whole month to do it. So is it urgent? Maybe not, unless it's the 29th or 30th. Now all of a sudden it's urgent, but you got to spell those things out. So if it's a learning information meeting, then just say that. The next thing is, why do we always dread having meetings? I mean, because we're not doing them right. We're not getting the investment out of them. That's why we have Those feelings are maybe as a leader, you don't like giving them and you got to get good at that. But what if you don't have them? Are you just going to pay them to fill the void with whatever their own thoughts are? They're not going to have any clarity or accountability or results. They got to have that and you got to make feedback natural. Build that response code that they know that's what you're looking for as the leader. So lastly, it's go time. Ready for the game. This is how you should look at it. That you know every single day your, your team is playing the game. And that's what that meeting is for. We're getting ready to go to play the game. Here's how we're going to play it. Again, start with gratitude. What do you appreciate? And remember, the ebb and flow of the meeting has got to revolve around strategy, the daily behaviors and decisions everybody's making. It's all got to support each other. Everyone is in the meeting. In is underlined. They're participating. They're bringing something to the table. And then when it's done, here's what we do when we leave the room. Here's what's going to happen. And be clear about that. No more meetings after the meeting. Here we go. Because what I feared last year, when everybody 
jumped onto Zoom and loved it and all of that. And it, it does have a great place for saving time and things like driving and things like that. But you know what? Human beings were built for community. They just are. And there is no replacement for that. There isn't. Meetings bring communities together. So what are you going to do with all that power? That's power when you bring your team together. That's a huge responsibility. The power of the team. If you do it right, you can really make some magic happen. So stop looking at meetings of a thing of dread and a thing of a waste of time and start thinking about what your team can actually accomplish when you communicate the right way consistently, clearly, and everybody knows exactly what to do, and that everybody can look at each other and say, I've got your back, you've got my back, let's go get it done. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. And check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.